0: Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, personal growth and development, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, humanities professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. It is so great to have you back listening today. And I wanna ask you a very serious question. Who are you? I don't mean the obvious labels, your job title, whether you're a parent, a male or a female, or your age. I mean, do you know who you are at a much deeper level? So if we would travel together way over to the southern slopes in Greece of the Parnassos Mountains, We could visit an imposing set of ruins known as the Temple of Apollo. Even in photographs, it's really an awe-inspiring temple. Dates all the way back to the 7th century BC. Once there was an inscription on the Temple of Apollo at Delphi where just two simple words. Know thyself. Know thyself. Just two words. Such a simple seemingly obvious Greek maxim. Too many people flippantly say, of course, well, I, I know who I am. Yet if today we can just stop and think about it more deeply for one second, do you really know yourself? Or do you know the image you like to portray who you are? Are you really living out your true self? It's deeper and more complicated then we often give credit. So know yourself. It's just one of the three Greek maxims actually that was inscribed on the forecourt of this temple. The other two maxims were nothing to excess and surety brings ruin, which maybe more easily translates to being arrogant or vain uh, or having that always, I'm always right mentality that brings ruin. But today, I want to just focus on one of the Greek maxims, know thyself. And oh, by the way, as a side note, for anyone really trying to put some things together in their life, looking back to the Greeks and reading some of their works is something I would highly recommend. But the particular maxim, know thyself, has had a variety of meanings attributed to it in literature and philosophy and psychology over time. And I was recently just reading Xenophon's book, The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates, and I ran across this short story, and it gave me pause to stop and reflect. Xenophon, if you're not familiar with this guy, he was an Athenian-born military leader. He was a philosopher and a historian. At the age of 30, Xenophon was elected a commander of one of the biggest Greek mercenary armies called the 10,000 and they marched on and came close to capturing Babylon in the year 401 BC. he was also though a student and a friend of Socrates and all Socrates may be one of the most famous of all philosophers in history and Xenophon recounted in this book several Socratic dialogues, uh, the symposium, the memorabilia and a, and a chronicle of the The philosopher Socrates' trial in 399 when he was actually put to death for his beliefs. Uh, So Xenophon's impact was really far-reaching. And and reading memorabilia inspired Zeno of Sidium to change his life and start the Stoic school of philosophy. I mean, huge impact. He's been read by great warriors like Alexander the Great to Roman emperors and philosophers. So again, its impact on Greece and in many ways, Western civilization is really profound. But this idea, know thyself, this phrase, this simple two-word statement is so important. And I want to talk about some of the significance in this that you can apply to your life. But first, let me just read to you a small piece of Xenophon's account of a dialogue, a Socratic dialogue that he had and it's nothing more a Socratic dialogue is nothing more than a conversation. It's usually between two people. Sometimes, you know, there'll be a third person, but usually it's Socrates and one other person and they're discussing a topic uh, usually of some really deep importance on life or politics or culture. And in this particular case, we have a young man, a a very smart man, um, at least to his own knowledge and a very ambitious man but a very flawed youth. He sort of thinks he has it all figured out, as many of us thought in our youth, and he is loaded with pride and arrogance. So Socrates wants to take him to task, and here's just a short snippet of that dialogue, which I'm going to read to you, and then we're going to discuss the relevance to you and I in life today, as the relevance really is profound. So Here's a dialogue between Socrates and Euthydemus as written by Xenophon and the memorable thoughts of Socrates. So it goes like this. Did you not take notice, said Socrates, that somewhere on the front of the temple there is this inscription, know thyself. I remember, answered he, I've read it there. It is not enough. Is it not enough, replied Socrates, to have read it? Have you been the better for this admonition? Have you given yourself the trouble to consider what you are? I think I know that well enough, replied the young man, for I should have found it very difficult to have known any other thing if I had not known myself. But for a man to know himself well, said Socrates, is it not enough that he knows his own name? For as a man that buys a horse cannot be certain that he knows what he is before he has ridden him, to see whether he be quiet or restive, whether he be meddlesome or dull, whether he be fleet or heavy. In short, before he has made trial of all that is good and bad in him, in like manner, a man cannot say that he truly knows himself before he has tried what he is fit for and what he is able to do. It is true, said Euthydemus, that whoever knows not his own strength knows not himself. But, continued Socrates, who sees not of how great advantage this knowledge is to man and how dangerous it is to be mistaken in in this affair. For he who knows himself knows likewise what is good for himself. He sees what he is able to do and what he is not able to do, By applying himself to things that he can do, he gets his his bread with pleasure and is happy. And by not attempting to do the things he cannot do, he avoids the danger of falling into errors and of seeing himself miserable. By knowing himself, he knows likewise how to judge of others and to make use of their services for his own advantage, either to procure himself some good or to protect himself from some misfortune. But he who knows not himself and is mistaken in the opinion he has of his own abilities, mistakes, likewise in the knowledge of others and in the conduct of his own affairs. He is ignorant of what is is necessary for him. He knows not what he undertakes nor comprehends the means he makes use of. And this is the reason that success never attends his enterprises and that he always falls into misfortunes but the man who sees clear into his own designs generally obtains the end he proposes to himself and at the same time gains a reputation in honour for this reason even his equals are well pleased to follow his advices and they and they whose affairs are in disorder implore his assistance and throw themselves into his hands depending upon his prudence to retrieve their affairs and to restore them to their former good condition but he who undertakes he knows not what generally makes an ill choice and succeeds yet worse and the present damage is not the only punishment he undergoes for his temerity he is disgraced forever all men laugh at him all men despise and speak ill of him consider likewise what happens to republics who mistake their own strength and declare war against states more powerful than themselves some are utterly ruined others lose their liberty and are compelled to receive laws from their conquerors so this dialogue goes on and on and i'm not going to read the whole thing to you but here's what happens in summary socrates continues to test him on what he knows about himself and how much he knows and what usually happens in Socratic dialogues, the person who thinks they have it all figured out come to the realization they really don't know much of anything. And so at the end, we end up here. Quote, I must give consent to all you say, answered Euthydemus, for I am too ignorant to contradict you. And I think it will be best for me from henceforward to hold my peace. For I'm almost ready to confess that I know nothing at all." So the first thing all of us need to realize, if we are really to know ourselves, is that we really don't know much of anything at all. I mean, wow, that, that flies in the face of modern society, of the social media world, where we portray that we have it all figured out sort of like Euthydemus that he was showing this outward appearance that he had everything all figured out and that he, and everything he said and did was of utmost importance. Heck it was, this was way before the age of the internet, but Euthydemus was pretty cocksure arrogant. He had it all figured out at the beginning of the dialogue. Uh, Lucky for him, Socrates could put him in his place without the guy having to be smacked down by life really, really hard. And at the end, his path to knowing himself became much easier as he was broken down to know that, well, he didn't really know all that much after all. But why is that so important to understanding life? It's vital. And from the Christian Bible to Islam to Buddhism and many of the great wisdom texts of all time, they pretty much all say the same thing. Humility and humbling oneself to the fact you don't have all the answers and you never will is really, really hard in our modern world. Just go to some contentious political forum anywhere and you will find tens of thousands of people who have everything all figured out. You just have to ask them. You can't truly know yourself if you don't get some humility. As if you don't have humility, well, you you can't see your own faults. You're not willing to make adjustments. I don't even need to ask, but do you know anyone in your life where no matter what, under any circumstance, in the face of irrefutable evidence and obviousness, they simply will never admit they are wrong or changed. It's sad because with that mentality, it isn't possible to reach your best self, to achieve the most you can, to live as long as prosperous as possible because That thing called ego is always getting in the way. And if that mental block is in place, which many people with a huge ego think that isn't a mental block and it makes it even worse, it literally, though, becomes impossible to know yourself. Because just like Euthydemus, those preconceived notions of your own grandeur or that poisonous self-talk of, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person over there. Get in your way of you really knowing who you are, what your true hopes, dreams, aspirations may be because you live with this, with delusional blockages that you, your family, society, social media throw up in front of you. It's really hard. I know it's hard. Heck, Euthydemus lived in the 4th century B.C., when there wasn't even electricity, let alone Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram, but yet he got mentally clouded. So you may be thinking, yeah, great, sounds lovely. If I'm more humble, I'll know myself. Great, wonderful. Well, the easier part is understanding this is important. The harder part is how in the world do you implement and how do you do this thing? How do you gain this humility that can help you learn and know about yourself? So let me give you some simple practical ideas. Pass from century to century, by the way, by great man, minds, both inside, outside of a religious con context. So number one, admit you're not the best at everything because, well, you are not. I'm sorry to break it to you, but you have weaknesses. And there are areas in your life, now don't get offended, you're not an expert. Notice and catch yourself when you begin one of your Shakespearean soliloquies of, of how right you are on politics or personal relationships or finances. When you take, when you take that, of course I'm right, in everybody else's dumb mindset, it's a barrier to knowing yourself when you allow that to happen. Number two, focus on your faults, not somebody else's faults. There are times when we judge other people For the flaws that they have. But what good are we getting out of it? Rather, we should introspect and find out what's wrong within us. Being judgmental will only cause trouble in relationships and and we forget we need to improve ourselves as well. One must consider how they can bring change in themselves instead of pinpointing and and complaining about other people's faults. See, you can't get to know yourself if you're so consumed of the other person's faults that are causing you not to achieve your success. It will stunt your growth. Number three, be grateful, not boastful for what you have. I mean, it's awesome when you succeed. It's great when you succeed. And sharing your success should be a part of a healthy relationship part of a community, but be careful. There's a fine line between celebrating a success and just being boastful. One telltale sign is if you're constantly reminding other people of your successes and not celebrating or focusing on others. Only you can self-monitor this, so watch yourself. If in social media, in conversation, everything is always about you and what you've done what your family's done what your kids have done what your grandkids have done but yet you don't reciprocate and receive and praise other people that's a problem that's a problem because when you get so consumed in that stuff you can't get deeper you don't get to know other people you ruin relationships as you As you poison these relationships, it stunts your own growth of knowing yourself. Number four, when you're wrong, admit it. People appreciate it. If you're willing to admit that you need to improve and screwed up, people don't lose your respect. Instead, they have more respect and are more empathetic towards you when you're able to admit you're wrong. You build intellectual muscle in the act of admitting when you're wrong. The most mentally weak people will never admit they're wrong. Ever. Oh, and if you do apologize, just apologize. And don't do the backhanded half-baked. I'm so sorry. But you know, it wasn't really all my fault because fill in the blank, whatever it might be. If, if you're going to apologize leave out the side circumstances, the justifications or the other or other means wiggle your way out of the apology. The sorry, not sorry crap doesn't solve anything and actually completely erodes your ability to make connections with other people. Number five, when you're having a conversation, be considerate. You better not talk down to anyone while giving your opinion. Many times we all we all have seen how people start abusing each other if someone doesn't agree with their theory. Everyone has their own thinking process and their own likes and their own dislikes. It doesn't mean that they have the worst choice or that you should be rude to them. Be considerate enough to not interrupt When someone else gives their point of view and let them finish before you speak up. If you want an example of how not to do it and what you should do the opposite of, turn on cable news, turn on Fox or CNN or MSNBC, put on one of those shows, you know, where they'll put four or five panelists up there. And then when they start talking, how they constantly interrupt, yell and try and talk over don't do that. Do literally the opposite of what politicians and the media are showing to do on the television. Uh, number six, appreciate other people. It might be the easiest way to gain a sense of humility and a sense of yourself. And I'll connect the dots here for you soon. If you see someone doing better than you or someone being good at something, you must Give them a compliment for their work. Understand how they're different from you and try to learn something from everyone you meet. If you change your mindset and be just a little more open minded to the ideas of other people, you would be able to appreciate others more than ever. So there you go. There are six things you can do. You can very specific things you can do, but I don't want you to miss this. Do you notice all six of these things I mentioned? None of them were about you, really. They were about other people. If you want to know yourself, you need to humble yourself in how you interact with other people. It's through this that the deepest self-discoveries happen. It's through humility that your greatest growth can happen. And you can truly learn to know yourself. Not how you know yourself in relation to social media, materialism, or these other superficial means of life. As you know yourself in that context, like Euthydemus, that context of the material outlook is not knowing yourself. And at the end of that Socratic dialogue, after Socrates very clearly explains to him this is the value of knowing yourself and the dangers of not knowing yourself, at the end, Euthydemus says, you know, I think I need to just shut up and listen more because I really don't know much about anything. And in reality, that's the way that he put himself on a path To knowing himself and flash forward even further, Euthydemus became almost a disciple and everywhere Socrates went in Athens, Euthydemus tended to follow. See, it's with humility you can admit you're not the best at everything, that you have faults. You don't boast and brag, which destroy relationships you have the ability to apologize and say you're sorry which builds lots of character you you become considerate and listen to others so as you able to do that you learn more not just about others but through others you gain insights into yourself and finally then you're learning to appreciate other people and and when you can appreciate others you can see how your role in society and relationships it uh, become much more effective and then you're on the path to truly knowing thyself of course there's introspection self reflection self analysis but in reality we live in a world human beings are cult, are social creatures and we have to effectively navigate the waters of the societies that we live in. And if we do that properly with humility, we can begin to build knowledge of knowing ourselves. So knowing yourself it's in, in a very large part is approaching things with humility as you interact with this crazy world we live in as when you have humility and do actions consistent with being humble You are going to broaden your perspective, not just of the world, but of you as a human being. And when you get here, the details of knowing yourself, they begin to flesh out inside your life. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I so hope you found value in the topic today. You know, every single day if we can expand our perspective just a little bit on any range of topic whether it be about our physical body intellectual sharpness and perspective or spiritual growth then if we stay consistent in the long run we all become more well-rounded people able to cope with all manner of events in life i always appreciate you clicking like or follow to this podcast generally a new episode is published every single week and please if you have any questions or comments i would love to hear about them with that i hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week until we talk again